Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> what do you know, man? It's been like forever, it seems like. <laughs> it feels that way. Yeah, I know. I was just, uh, I just got the bill for the re-up on the hosting and I was like, man, we got to get another episode out. <laughs> no kidding. Like, I just dropped no some, kidding. I just dropped some Quan to keep it going. So I'm, we got to I want to say I, I pulled up um, like the files the other day or like the, this morning to pull a couple of files off of the, the memory card for the, the, the Zoom. And I want to say the last time we recorded was... Uh, I think the date was five seventeen or something like that, and here we are in like right. August. <laughs> yeah, another three month gap. Yay. Oh well, you know what? I mean, we're here though. That's yeah. uh, there's yeah. been a lot that's happened between the last episode and now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been rough. Uh, I don't even know what's what has all gone on. I've been working my butt off. Is one of the main reasons we haven't recorded is because I can't get over. I can't seem to get back home before 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night, which makes it difficult. Yeah, I mean, especially with kids at the house now and all that, come home, yeah. eat, make sure everybody's bathed and in bed. By that time, you're like, okay, I got to bath and get in bed because I got to get up and do it again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly how it is, dude. I know yeah. exactly how it is. Um, I think uh, we've been working around the house here, too. Of course, you know, we've got the people that we take care of, got the dogs. We're babysitting a dog right now. Um I've had surgery since the last time that we. Oh yeah, yeah. That and we, you're already back out of the brace and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was actually out of the brace pretty quick. They didn't. Uh, they they gave me the sling, you know, to, to right. put my arm in. I don't really remember them telling me to wear it 24 hours a day. So like, but when I came home, it came off, and I, <laughs> my my wife is like, Ashley's like, um, yeah, you're supposed to be wearing the sling, and I'm like okay i don't remember them saying that she goes yeah it's written down on the little instructions so um i had to go back see i I had surgery on my my right shoulder um i had to go back two days later for them just to kind of take a look at the incisions make sure everything was good and um they told me at that point the sling is more to protect me that basically right. is to make sure that I don't do anything that I sh- shouldn't. But um, she said, if you're conscious enough to, to not like just start doing things over your head and reaching and all that kind of stuff, she said, you don't have to necessarily wear the sling. The The surgery was like arthroscopic. So it was very, very, very um, minor as right. far as that goes. Minimally invasive. Yeah. Minimally invasive for sure. Um, had like four sutures. So it wasn't tiny little stuff. Um, the one thing though, that really kind of was odd, um, so when I went in, they prepped me, of course, and everything. The um, anesthesiologist came in and was, was like, okay, so are you allergic to, will this affect you in any bad way that you know of? And we're like, I was like, no, 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 no. Um, so he said, do you want a nerve block? And I was like, I don't know what that is. So I, uh, what? tell me. And he was like, okay, so after the surgery, you will feel no pain if you get this done. Basically, we're going to turn the nerves off in that arm from right. like your neck down. And he said, your arm is going to feel pretty much like lead. You're going to be not going to be able to um, move much. Don't try to do anything with your right arm. Are you left-handed or right-handed? I said, I'm left-handed. He goes, well, that's good. So, um, I was like, okay, so yeah, let's do this. He said, uh, all right. So he said, I'm going to give you a little something to relax you. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) That's always nice. Fentanyl. Fentanyl, fentanyl, whatever. Heroin, effectively. Like super heroin. That's the stuff Michael Jackson was on. Oh, oh my. No, he. Fentanyl. 
Was it? Yeah. I was thinking that he was on like, uh, I don't remember. I was thinking it was something else. But anyway, so they gave me this stuff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Dude. Like, after that, they did like this ultrasound thing on my neck. So that way he could guide the needle to where the nerves are so he could block. Right. And I was watching that on the screen and feeling really good about it. (laughs) I was like, that is some powerful, powerful stuff. And so then after all of that, um, I, I, they, they actually, they, they took me back, put me under, I don't really remember much of anything after that, that day, other than the dressing that they put on me. They, it was like this massive big dressing for these four little sutures. Um, and I, please people, I, I don't mean to gross you out or anything, but it, the, the front suture bled so much that yes. Like it was to the point that I called the doctor that evening was like, am I supposed to be bleeding this much? And they're like, well, what color is the discharge? And I was like, red. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's blood. You might want to put pressure on that. And I was like, okay. Um, So like it saturated the dressing to the point that I had a towel and slept on a towel in the like on the couch that night because I was bleeding so much from this tiny, tiny, tiny little opening. I mean, we're talking. Right. It was my, I mean, very, very, very small, but I don't know. Um, it took that, that front suture to, for it to stop kind of weeping. Cause you know, you know, you have that plasma yeah. stuff. Literally, um, I had it done on a Tuesday. Um, it was the following Thursday, the week, like a week and two days later before it actually dried up to the point to where I could just put a band aid on it. Um, wow. It was unreal how much that, that yeah. little spot, like discharged, I guess you'd say, but so, um, I'm much better now. That bone spur that was in there, like you know, doing its terrible. Were they just grind it off? Or? I guess they did. I don't know. They, they oh, you didn't were really out, say. out when they did. Yeah, that. I was out when they did that. Oh, that okay. was yeah, I was under. <laughs> so the nerve block that you're talking about, yeah, Rebecca it, gets those done frequently in her spine. Oh my gosh, how does she walk? Does she walk? Afterwards, uh, she's in pain for a while after. Yeah. Oh my goodness, dude! I'm telling you, my arm was literally like, like, like a dead piece of meat hanging beside me. It was done. I yeah. could, I, I could not feel anything. Yeah. So they, they, but yeah, they do the ultrasound and then stick them. Yeah. I saw the needle out of the corner of my eye and was like, yeah, we're not going to be watching that. I'm glad it was like going into my neck, so I couldn't watch it. But <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've heard, I've heard quite a bit about that procedure. It's crazy. I'll tell you now, though. I mean, like it was so extreme. I don't know that I want that ever again, unless I am going to be in like a massive amount of pain. Because if the amount of pain that I was going to be in was nothing more than what was there a day or two later, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done the nerve block. But still, it was it was something. It was a heck of an experience. (laughs) But you feel good now? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's still a little sore because there's still some healing that's going on. But I mean, as far as like the issues that I had, like there was a point where if I raised my arm a certain way, there was like almost like a stabbing. And I guess that's where that bone spur was going down, you know, and hitting the tendon. And that's gone now. So I, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. So, so you got your knees fixed? Got my knees fixed. Got, got my shoulder, shoulder fixed. fixed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah You'd you be getting around now. Hey, you know what? I'm a $6 million man right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, another thing uh, I've noticed here 
is uh, oh on yeah, the inside of your. I saw the I saw the post on Facebook about it, but uh, people out there may not be aware. Uh, well, and now you're you're the deadhead here. I believe is that not the steal your face? It is. It is yeah. a steely. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna and I'm gonna put a plug out there if you don't care. Bodine's yeah. tattoos. Man, he did one heck of a job. The the line work is tight. Can I ask who specific Bodine, Bodine himself? Did. Yeah, okay. Bodine did it. Yeah, um, and I mean, it was yeah. I've got a, a steal your face like Steely on the inside of my right arm now. That's about the size of a baseball. And I will say, I will say, I'm not going to argue with you. Bodine is a hell of a tattoo artist. Yeah, he does amazing work. Yes, I can't stand the man. He's different. He's a little different. I, I've gone to talk to him. I've consulted him on a couple of tattoos, and I guess he just didn't want to do them. Uh, so yeah. he was just a complete asshole to me about it. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, seriously, it was something that should have been around 100 to 150 bucks max. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll do it for, like, 700 Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, dude, you're out of your fucking mind. He's yeah. like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, he was just being completely dismissive and a complete fucking ass about it. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go somewhere else and get my work done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, I, I but I've and, seen other stuff he's done. He, he does an amazing job. Yeah. And but, I've always heard, I'd heard from various people that he's kind of heavy handed whenever he tattoos and stuff, dude, no, it was, this was light. He did, um, like the whole process was, I was in and out of there in about an hour and 15 minutes. That was him getting the design, you know, making the print, getting it on me, you know, making sure everything was prepped, getting himself prepped, doing right. the work and then out the door. And then he did it for a heck of a good price. I mean, a really good price. Right, so. And that's the thing with him. He doesn't price by work. Yeah. But he, he prices by what, does what he, want he to do? wants to do. Yeah. And that's what really annoys me is it's like he'll he'll do a back piece for somebody for like 200 bucks or he'll do a, a then, knuckle tattoo for like 400. Yeah. If, if it's something want. he doesn't want to do, it's yeah. ridiculous. And he's just he's abrasive and dismissive. I didn't like him. <laughs> now, a thing that could have contributed to that, too, is they I know a lot of the artists in his shop. I don't know about him specifically, but they have recently switched to rotary guns or rotary machines. Sorry, they don't call them. This is a wireless like it's cordless. Like he popped a battery on it, and like the whole end was interchangeable. I don't know what the deal was, but yeah. so a lot of them up there have switched to rotary machines instead of reciprocating. Yeah, instead of straight up and down, it's and going that, to, that helps a lot too. Because even if the artist is a, a bit heavier handed, the machine is a little lighter, doesn't puncture as far. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, um, so and they're a lot quieter. Like yeah, a rotary machine is quiet a third as loud as a reciprocating machine. Yeah. So it, that, that could have been contributed to because uh, that helped I could a lot. see that because I, I, it seems like I noticed that the machine itself had a wheel that was spinning and the, the needle was on that. So yeah, I can see that like a, I don't know how they work mechanically. <laughs> so but I, mean, I just I know they've see, gone I mean, the reciprocating to, I've seen, they just go back and forth straight yeah, up and down yeah. the, the, I can see the, the, the circular motion of the rotary being, you know, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think they're a lot quieter I mean. and they, they don't they don't tend to puncture as bad yeah. as deep. So even if the artist is more heavy handed, it the the machine kind of makes up for it a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, like but he, he does do amazing work and it looks fantastic. Yeah, he and and the heel time, um I got it done 2 weeks ago today. Oh wow, that's really good. So, yeah, and it's I mean it's completely healed. Yeah, it, I've it, seen them where they're still scabbing at 2 weeks. Yeah, so. I mean mine this one never scabbed. It flaked for like 
two days. It got a little itchy and, and flaked for a couple of days. Aside from that, no. I mean, it's it's he did a heck of a job. I, I really have to say I was very, very, very pleased. So, nice. yep. So, yeah, I got that done, too. <laughs> so, yeah. And I can recommend several of the other artists at Bodine's shop. Yeah. Just not a fan of Bodine himself. <laughs> uh, and sorry, Bodine, but like that's just a personality conflict. Like I said, you're an amazing artist. If you ever were to hear this, your work is fantastic. Just didn't appreciate the way you treated me when I came in to talk to you. So, yeah, uh, I walked in there and I was like, "All right, here's what I'm wanting." And I was like, "He's like, I was like, what what would it cost?" And he told me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, when do you want to schedule it?" <laughs> so right. he was like, "Well, give me a fifty dollar deposit and we'll we'll put you down for the twenty first of, of July." And I was like, "Okay," so and walked in there and he's like, "All right, let's get this done." <laughs> Hell yeah! And I mean, he sat there and and BS with me the whole time that he was doing it. Um, Talked about the shop in Richmond whenever he used to be up there. Um, okay. His daughter actually is, is running that shop now. It's called Lucky Lady. Um, okay. And then, um, yeah, and, we, and then he is a mason. like a, And so he, we talked about that a little bit. I kind of did that thing for a little while. But, yeah, yeah, it was, it uh-huh. was a good experience. So Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. problem. Uh, so I know originally we had talked about we were going to talk about, you know, how people are going to deal with life getting back to normal after COVID. Hey. And uh, I think maybe we need to alter that conversation <laughs> a touch given recent events. Do we need to, uh, we need to, uh, to back up a little bit and punt again, maybe put a mask on before we have this conversation. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel safe and CDC guidelines are still, yes. If everybody's fully vaccinated, as long as it's a small gathering and you're maintaining distance, which we are. Yep. Um, you don't have to wear a mask, but I'm just going to say there's a lot of stuff going on right now that really concerns me. So, you know, if you don't know, first off, welcome back from whatever rock you've been under. Yeah. Uh, there is a new, a new variant, a new strain, a new strain of the COVID-19 virus, Delta variant that they're calling the Delta variant. Right. And it is. Even penetrating through vaccinated people because the vaccine, of course, just targets the standard SARS-CoV-2. It does. Main variant. Now, the good thing is with the vaccine that we're that we have, though, even with this variant, it is the the CDC is saying that the likelihood of hospitalization or death is still lower for vaccinated people. Which is a good thing. So if you got the stick, you still have the armor on. It's just there's maybe some chinks in the armor where it can get through. Right. Um, and the breakthrough cases that they're seeing now, some of the, the, the more extreme breakthrough cases are not necessarily good. But those are also very, 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 very um, rare I want to say there's still like 99.99% of the cases, the breakthrough cases are still very minor versus, you know, those who are unvaccinated. Yeah, yeah, basically the vaccine will keep you out of the hospital. Right. Keep you off the ventilator. Right. Uh, And just some basic numbers off of some preliminary uh, studies show that the general effectiveness of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines versus the Delta variant is significantly 
lower than what it is against the standard variants, um, which is uh, about 40 to 50 percent. Yeah, versus, versus the 95 90, yeah, plus. 93, percent. 7 to 95, yeah, ish, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was after one dose. So what's, yeah, what's the, the, the double dose is 93, 7 for effectiveness of two doses. Um, well, that's that. That's versus the alpha uh, Yeah, and then 88% versus those with okay. delta. So we're yeah. still up there in that low 80 or high 80s to low 90s yeah. range. So that's <gasps> that's good. So those out there who have not been vaccinated, if you're it's on still, the fence yeah. and thinking about it, I mean, I myself was vaccinated end of January, beginning of February. I've, I mean, the third arm is really, really handy. It can hold a pop for yeah, you whenever yeah. you that when you're cutting your steak. But no, I'm kidding. It's it. I've had no side effects whatsoever. It's it's been it's been OK. Yeah. Yeah. And my only. Uh, so, you know, let's let's everybody has to be tribalistic now. So are you <laughs> are you Pfizer or Moderna? I am Moderna. OK, so I'm, I'm Pfizer. Yeah. Uh, and I got to say the same thing. My The only side effect I had was after my second dose. Yeah. I had a little bit of an upset tummy the I, day after. I had about 15 or 20 <laughs> minutes of chills about midnight that night. And that was it. Yeah. And so, uh, and it gets you up to about 85 to 90% or 80, 85 to 90% protected, even against the Delta variant. Yes. Uh, and it's 95 plus against the other strains. Exactly. So, you know, it's people. This is not a political thing. It's not. It really isn't. This is a protect yourself thing. This you is know. a health thing. I mean, and I saw another thing. I wish I had this. I wish I had bookmarked it. I didn't. I apologize. I usually try to bookmark stuff like this when I see it. Uh, but just to show you how tribal and politicized stuff like this is, there was a, a Pew study where they asked people. And people who were against the vaccine to right. start with, <clears throat> when they had found when when they had found out that Trump had received the vaccine in January, right? They were far more likely to then consider taking the vaccine. It, um, that's what I'm saying. It had it, bec- it became a political issue right. when it shouldn't have. It well, should be a health issue. Here's the thing that gets me though: those same people. If they were only told that uh, Biden had received the vaccine, were even more against it. Yeah. Then they and I'm like, it's polarized. I mean, it's it's not a political thing. It's not political people. It's a health, a public health safety. So we had a conversation. um, My wife and I did earlier today. We were talking about. um, Um. she was talking to some of her family members, one of her family members about um, vaccine and, and, you know, cause close to where they're at, they're having a, a spike in, in outbreaks. And um, they were like, okay, so, you know, what about, you know, sending the kids to school and da, 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 all this kind of stuff. And we were like, okay, you know, that's, it's, it's one of those things where you, they, they were saying you can't live your life in fear. And, I understand that. I get that the the mentality of don't live your life in fear, but there's also a common sense kind of a a a approach to this. And I, right. I had to stop and tell Ash. I was like, okay, so Ash, I said, think of it this way: if you and I right now go out in the backyard and we walk around, the likelihood of us getting bit by a rattlesnake is fairly low. 
we can see all the way around us. We're not probably going to get bit by, by it. And realistically, there's probably not even a rattlesnake in the backyard. Right. I said, however, if we go down by the creek and we go st- uh, tromping through the tall grass, the likelihood of us getting bit by a snake is probably a little higher. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. I'm, I can, I'm not living my life in fear, but I know I don't need to go tromping through that grass down by the creek because I possibly could get snake bit. Now, if I also put on a pair of snake waders, even if I do get bit, well, guess what? They're probably not going to get through the snake waders. Right. So that's kind of like the vaccine. So now I've got that extra layer of protection. So if I do tromp through the grass and have to tromp through the grass, at least I've got some protection between me and the snake. Right. And she was like, you know, it makes sense. And I was like, yes, it does. That's the thing that gets me is it's all political and it's not common sense it's just it's politics yeah and i don't i don't see how it's become a political thing it just doesn't make sense to me how your health is political protect yourself that's the bottom line it's even and you know there's people that oh we don't know you know yes the vaccine hasn't been around that long true and yes there there's no way to know true long term yet yeah, but vaccines work. They do. We've you know, you seen, know what? You know why I don't have a scar from a small po- or from a polio a, vaccine? Polio vaccine on my it's arm because the one that your mom's got worked. It's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's because it worked. And you know, okay, you don't want to get the vaccine. Fine. Yeah. Wear a damn mask. Yeah. Put it up over your face. Over don't be your a nose and mouth. Don't be a dick nose. <laughs> yeah. You don't walk around with the dip your pecker hanging out. Right. Don't walk around with your nose hanging out. <laughs> Cover your nose and mouth. We went to open house at a local school down here uh, the other night. We got a center. You know, school's coming up. They're not going to do virtual this year. It has to be in person. And I was appalled. That not a single faculty member was wearing a mask. We went in the classrooms. The classrooms are laid out. Standard classroom, right? I mean, totally different than what it was when I was in school. There In that classroom, there were four round tables. And four chairs to each table. Seven chairs to each table. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. that's, That's crowded tables. Yeah. And I'm just like. You know, the, and the age of that range is too low to be vaccinated. And we asked the teacher, and the teacher was, like, "Oh no, the school, the school superintendent or whatever yeah. his name was, said that there's not going to be a mask mandate. You don't have to wear a mask." Just because he says that doesn't mean he's right. And I mean, I understand that they're just following the rules, their requirements, right? It's not required. Yeah, but. uh I mean, come on. These little kids, they have no choice. They're being forced to be in this room. They're being completely unprotected. They can't get vaccinated. You're not asking them to wear a mask. I mean, you're asking for a massive outbreak. Here's the thing, okay? And I'll, I'm going on the record right now and saying it. Mid-September, look for the surge. Oh, we don't have to wait till mid-September. Where it's it's happening right now. No, I, no I'm saying look for a massive surge because oh, you're yeah. going to have – the first three week, these three weeks here in August yeah. of an incubation and spread, then you're going to have that massive surge beginning of September to 
about the middle of September is when you're really going to start seeing the hospitalizations and things like that where people are bringing it home. Um, I don't yeah. expect us to stay in school all year in person. Oh, no, we'll be back uh, we'll to be, virtual. Yeah, we'll be back to virtual. I would say by fall break, if not sooner. I don't know when. It, I don't know when, but I, I fully believe because I mean, and you've got like I just don't understand the leadership in this country. Like something we were talking about before we started recording. It, in other countries, I'll just Japan, for example, 10, 15 years ago, if you got a cold, you put on a mask if you had to go out in public. Yep. It wasn't a mandate. It wasn't required. Nobody, no federal agency or government agency said you had to do it. It's just the the polite courteous thing to it do. was it's a protective layer is what it was it was it, it is it, it was something that they looked at and they said you know what our health is at stake here right has nothing to do with who was in charge it was i don't want to get what you have and i don't want to spread what i have to you right exactly period but i mean that's what i'm saying if, if, if anybody got 100 non-political yeah and but but not even i'm just saying like even in the Back in January, when our numbers were the highest, well, yeah. in Kentucky, when our numbers were the highest that they were, and you know the governor is saying mask required, there were still people who refused to wear a mask. Yeah, and you go to other countries, and it's not even—it's a non-issue. It's not even an issue. It's not even something anybody thought about because it's just the thing you do. It's a cultural difference. It was a. It's one hundred percent a cultural difference. Right. Um, and that again, that I think when before we were recording, we were talking about that, and and it, it's 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 annoyingly selfish of us <laughs> to be so um, self-absorbed and self-centered that you know I don't care what happens to you because I'm not going to do this because right. it's an inconvenience for me. Yeah. That is not, that, and unfortunately, that's one hundred percent American, and it's not it's, cool. Yeah. No. So I'm I, I'm hoping that the generation that's coming up now sees that and can change it. Unfortunately, yeah. we're having to live through either, hopefully the transition, but if not the transition, I'm I'm hoping that eventually one of these days that we can get beyond. I mean, I hope so. And and I just want to start throwing some numbers, uh, just to put. You know, it's 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 you know whatever. Yeah. Argue what's a fact and what's not a fact. That these are the numbers as reported. Yeah. <clears throat> January sixth, two thousand twenty-one. New cases with fifty-four forty-seven in in Kentucky. Yeah. So that was January sixth. Right. And now, then, now look at our low point though. Well, hold on, hold on. This you this know? is what this is what I want to you know, and that's about when the vaccine started be, being released. Yeah, that was when they announced, "Hey, it's, to, it's coming available," and then they started releasing it to the healthcare workers first. Right. And then, as it became, and you immediately see by, you know, the middle of February, God. we're down to seven hundred eighty-five cases, uh, new then cases. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then it started uh, becoming more available to the general public. Yeah, they started releasing it to essential workers and all those other things. Yep. And then if you look back to where you and I had discussed, let's talk about getting back to normal. We're talking we're down June 20th, around, run around that. Yeah, we're, middle of June. We're talking we're like. We're down, down in like teens. Yeah. 15, 14, 13 cases. Yeah, a day. New new cases daily had dropped from 5,500 
to like to 15 15 yeah zero on that day yeah june july 5th there were no cases so i mean and that could be a reporting thing you know where the uh, holiday could have been like a weekend or something yeah yeah but still that's you know we're down to the teens and the low yeah two-digit numbers and now here we are with the delta surge and we're back up to what's the three thousand and something yeah, i saw to, there it's hard to <coughs> yeah uh three thousand yeah. five hundred two <clears throat> on august 2nd so that was yeah two days ago yeah so i mean this delta this delta thing is real and we're starting to come back up again and i think a lot of this too is not just uh vaccine it's you know the the governor relaxed the six feet distance requirements and the mask, mask requirements. Yep. And we basically <clears throat> went back to life before pandemic. Yeah. And now we've got, and this is the number that really scares me. And this to me kind of shows you, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a dry cough. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this Don't to say me, that. <laughs> this to me. Drink kinda, more water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this to me kind of shows what, in my opinion, poor leadership gets you yeah so if we're you not going to say who this person is if you look back who they are <laughs> if you look back there's another state here where about the same time in january when kentucky's high numbers were what do we say 5500 yeah 54 yeah. or something like yeah. that i think so it was this other state the, their high numbers were like nineteen thousand. yep nineteen five thirty on january 8th, 8th. Yeah. so yeah. so and then they started having a decline, but nowhere near the decline like we had in Kentucky. Now, well, that's um, through March. You get down to uh, to where we're in June, you know. Yeah, and but I mean, still, it's still, it's not fifteen cases. It was closer to like fifteen hundred, but that's a big dip for them down from, uh, you know, almost twenty thousand cases. Right, but I mean, percentage wise, though, is what I'm saying. Like, they had a dip, but not as significant of a dip as we right. had percentage wise. Uh, because you can't look at raw numbers because this state has a much higher population than Kentucky. This so. is true. <clears throat> I'm just talking about the percentage drop. Um, here's the part that scares me, though. The leadership in this state has now declared it illegal to require people to wear a mask. Yeah. They have declared it uh, that schools are not allowed to require masks. That businesses are not allowed to require masks for their customers. And so, remember, that back in January, their high cases were just shy of 20,000. And as of a couple of days ago, what is today? Today is the fourth. fourth. As of yesterday, they had 51,000 new cases. Yep. <clears throat> So that their high number, like you said, was nineteen thousand five hundred and change. In January, in change, yes. Yeah. And now we're at fifty-one thousand. So they are beyond double what their peak was, right? Right now. Yeah. So this Delta variant is making its rounds. Well, it's not only the Delta variant; it's, it's the, the core variant. Yeah. It's the leadership saying, "You are not only are we not going to require masks, we're going to say that no one is allowed to require masks. Yeah. Even private." companies can't require masks to enter their premises uh public schools can't require masks for people in the schools like crazy and this is what they get this is what's happening because the type of people that are going to pass those council laws are also the type of people that are going to spread misinformation and disinformation about the effectiveness of the vaccines the effectiveness of masks and this is what happens you're 100 percent right and this is what terrifies me right now 
is, you know, the school here is not going to require masks. Therefore, nobody's going to wear them. Yeah, I mean, and, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the school could require masks here. I don't think our governor would ever try to pass a, a executive order stating that you're not allowed to require masks. No, I think um, I think our governor has a little more sense than that. Well, it's what he's what he can do and what he can't do legally. But, yeah, I'm but saying, I'm like, I don't think that. he would ever try to push for it. Uh, and then I want to talk about another state here because this is where most of our listeners outside of Kentucky live <laughs> and that's Utah. Hi guys. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> uh, so just to give you guys some comparative numbers back in early January, January 8th, the exact same date that this other state was your high number was 3793. Yeah. So just shy 4,000 cases. Uh, you dipped down in June to about I saw a hundred and something yeah, there. 170, 200. So you were in the low hundreds in the early part of June to mid June and you are now with the surge. Uh, Seven twenty-eight is what back I'm up towards seeing. A thousand. A thousand there's yeah. twelve, twelve, eleven. Yeah. Yep. Eleven hundred, twelve hundred. So you guys are getting back up around a thousand daily cases now. So mask up, guys. Yeah. Mask get, up. Get vaccinated if you can. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know about Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm I'm on the fence with that one. Pfizer and Moderna, they're safe. Yeah, it's okay. And if you don't want to do that, I, you know, look, I wouldn't even force my own stepdaughter to no. get the vaccine. We had many long discussions about it, um, and I tried to, I tried to get her to see it as a positive thing. Yes, for her own health and safety. Yeah. Um, I will try to guilt trip you into getting it. <laughs> I will say that I feel like everyone should be vaccinated. Yeah. Um, it's they're safe. They don't, you know, studies, you know, read more than just one place. Yeah. I've read, you know, I've read all the studies that say, oh, it causes myocarditis. Well, okay. Look at that study. Look at the numbers. Right. Those if you're numbers, talking about point zero 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 three percent of people that have received it that are getting this well i mean there there was a good number of people but okay so yes there was correlation between people who had received the vaccine and subsequently been diagnosed with myocarditis but then go look at myocarditis what's the rate of occurrence of myocarditis in the general population well hey guess what it's pretty much the exact rate of people who had been vaccinated that were diagnosed with myocarditis. It here, it's a rare condition of fewer than 200,000 in the U.S. per year. Right. So, But that's what I'm saying is the rate of occurrence, <clears throat> you do the math to whatever that is, 1%, we'll just say. So 1% of people who had received the COVID vaccine were subsequently diagnosed with myocarditis. Well, if you look at the, the numbers for myocarditis, 1% of the population ha- gets has the inflammation of the heart. I mean, li- here it's literally so, the, the one of the headlines that I'm looking at right now is, is that myocarditis is actually more common after COVID-19 infection than vaccination. So if you've gotten the virus, you've got you're more likely to actually get myocarditis than if you had the vaccine to, to get. Right. So, but I mean, my just point, saying, but I mean, there's there's my point was you got to be careful with 
correlation and causation. Yes. The numbers are there. And yes, there are people that had the vaccine that had received, had subsequently been diagnosed with myocarditis, but it occurred at no greater rate than just what myocarditis occurs in the population. Naturally. Uh, so you got to be careful because these people want you to see things their way. And there's always an agenda. Just remember that. Yeah. Where does the money come from? Yeah. Where does the money come from or what end are the means? I mean, what, what, what end are they working toward? Yeah. Just follow the money. Yeah. I and mean, that'll true. tell you, uh, but you know, like I try to be as even minded and look at both sides as I can. Uh, and again, I don't see how this is a political issue. It infuriates me when people make it a political issue. Yeah. It's just public health and safety. Uh, Okay, so let's, since we were going to talk about life after the the, the COVID uh, pandemic and how right. life is going to get back to normal, now what do we do? Now what are we looking at? Well, I mean, so I know one of the things, I'm going to speak for you, I know one of the things you had been looking forward to was a trip to Disney. Yeah. How are you feeling about that now? Since we have an unnamed state who has more than double. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> um, honestly, um, almost daily, if not, I mean, every other day at minimum, I'm going to Disney's website and looking at the policies that they're putting in place. Okay. Um, and they have changed their approach to things um, just in the last 48 hours, even. Um, okay. Wow. So they are uh, requiring masks again in lines. If you're in line for a, a, a ride, if you're inside a building. <laughs> okay. Um, well, not to contradict the, an the anonymity the, of said state, but the governor of the governor of the state of Florida, where in, Disney resides and has he, stated that. Know, but here's the thing too: places we're, of we're, business cannot require. Masks. We're going to talk about that a little bit <laughs> here in a little bit as well. I do believe, and and how Disney can kind of write its own ticket. Yeah, true. So, um, but yes, they are they are requiring, and then um, it even they're even now to the point of saying that if if at any time during your stay, if you start having symptoms, you will be ejected from property. So, I mean, they're sweet. So you're. Yeah, they're 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 they they're got like least, a little tightly wound spring with a chair and these yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do it Disney style, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Charge for that ride. Shoot, yeah. <laughs> so they are uh, taking precautions. Um, honestly, though, I'm expecting any time to get the email saying, "Hey, the park's probably going to be shut back down for a, a short amount of time," or um, if not, shut down, limited everything. So right. I don't know. Um, I mean, we're flying there, so that's another issue. Travel, you know. I don't think you'll have much problem with that because I've been I've been doing some reading on air air travel and uh, their filtration systems on the planes are pretty good, pretty pretty well able to handle. And they are they do require masking. Right. I mean, the from the time that you get out of your vehicle, pretty much at the airport until you are. Yeah, you know, leaving yeah. their property, you're masked. So uh, I feel pretty good. I mean, I feel okay with that. Um, 
And, you know, being on property at Disney, um, for anyone that's never stayed at a Disney resort, it's its own world. I mean, literally, they have their own everything, their own culture there, their own way of transporta- uh, transporting. They even have their own language there. I mean, they don't have employees. They have cast members. Um, I mean, it's just they have every everything is right. like Disney is its own thing. Right. So yeah. if you've never been, it's 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 an experience. So um, I think that I mean, I look forward to the trip if we're able to make it. If we're not, we'll reschedule for a later date. So so like, what's your threshold? Like, where where, where does their like even even like say right now? 50,000 cases a day. Would you go if as long as they're requiring masks? Or is that too much? It's borderline too much. Um, honestly. <laughs> okay. So, um, like I said, with Disney being at least proactive about trying to protect people. Right. That makes me feel a little better. They, right. like I say, they, they do things... I don't want to say they do things right, but they do things with the um, traveler in mind. So the person that's there at their parks, um, the whole Disney magic thing happens only at Disney because Disney is its own thing. Um, And when they when when they have that mentality of making sure that the people there are safe, I feel a little better with them. I don't know why, but I just do. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. Right on. Yeah. Well, we may touch base with this again a little closer to time. We're going at oh, the beginning yeah. of October, mm. so. Okay. And then, so as far as me, you know, we had the season. Our big thing this year, I try, I try to do one big thing for the family every year. Right. So the big thing I did for this year was season tickets to Dollywood. Yeah. So we could go as many times as we wanted to, mm-hmm. hit the park, have a good time. The meal plan is the way to go. Oh, nice. I've uh, not done the it's meal time. Only, meal it's only at there. the water park, but for the four of us, we get $100 worth of free food every time we go. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can get, food can get very expensive at so a park. If you're, It only works at the water park, though. I didn't know that when I bought it. It doesn't yeah. say that. Uh, so it's not at Dollywood it's itself. It's not at Dollywood itself. It's only at Splash Country. Yeah. Uh, but you get one snack and one meal. And you need to walk around because... Uh, for example, one of the items is a uh, pretzel. Yeah. Soft pretzel. And at one of the places, a soft pretzel is a snack. And oh. at another one, it's a meal. Heard that. So. Got to know what you're doing. Yeah. So. You got to pay attention to where you're ordering from because you can get the same thing for, you know, cheaper somewhere yeah. else. Because uh, like one of some of their meals is, you know, a third pound hamburger, fries and a drink. Yeah. That's and, nice. Yeah. And normally something like that at an amusement park is an easy 10 to 12, maybe even it's closer 30, to 15 bucks. $13 off the menu. Yeah. yeah. So, so. so Yeah. You can spend a lot of money quick at, at restaurants. Yeah. In the parks. So, uh, you know, earlier this year, uh, even when the park opened, I was really skeptical about going because of COVID. Right. Uh, the numbers started coming down. I got my vaccination. Rebecca got her vaccination. It was still before the kids were able to the, the children were able to yeah uh so we went ahead and went yeah everybody had to wear masks the whole time yep i was adamant and so we not did. at the water park 
No, we went to Dollywood. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, don't no. t- don't waterboard the kids. <laughs> well, no, it's fun. Uh, it's fun for me. They don't like it, but it's, I think it's a blast. Uh, yeah, no, not at the water. We went to Dollywood because the water park hadn't opened yet. Yes. <laughs> it was still too cold. So, we yeah, we were just down at the Dollywood itself to the coaster part. And, you know, everybody had to wear a mask. Right. And I was okay with that. And then fewer cases and fewer cases. And then we went back and I was like, okay, wear your mask when we're in lines. Yeah. But as long as you're you're not close to people. Yeah. And then uh, I warmed up some more and the water park opened. And, you know, obviously, like you're saying, you you can't waterboard the kids. So uh, (laughs) we, we've been three times now to the water park uh, and one more since then to Dollywood. Yeah. <clears throat> and I pretty much have just kind of given up on masks because it's the cases were low. Right. Yeah. You know, we're the trend line was in the right direction. Yeah. And the cases were low enough that I didn't feel like there was a high enough risk. Yeah. yeah I was going to say out of the 30,000 people that are there. Right. You know, uh, and it's still washed and sanitized and, yes. and all that stuff. Just don't, Try to stay away from people. Obviously, on the ride, you can't. Right. In the lines, you can't really because nobody gives six feet. No. Uh, so you just do the best you can, but wash your hands, sanitize your hands, and then just be careful. Right. Uh, and But now that everything's going back up again and, you know, the, like the preliminary numbers are showing that the you're only 85 instead of 95% protected. I mean, I still feel pretty good about 85% protected. That's still really good. That's, yeah, that's. I mean, considering the flu vaccine, just the regular flu vaccine was only about 70. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I still feel pretty good about 85, but um, it's just, it it does make me more hesitant about going out to do things. Like, we had kind of started talking about maybe going to. Uh, Myrtle Beach or Gulf Shores or right. hitting the beach sometime this October maybe. Right. But now I'm scared again. Like it's it, and it's not that I'm living my life in fear. Like you're saying, like to me, I try to think about it like, uh, oh god, what was that movie with Ben Stiller? I just watched it the other day. Uh, along came Polly. Yeah. Right. It's risk mitigation. Right. You know, you're never going to be 100% safe. No. And but yeah, you're right. You can't you you're never going to be there. Right. You're never going to be 100% safe. But, you know, don't obvious don't 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 put try to go out and <laughs> don't load six shells in a revolver and spin the cylinder and point it at your head. Right. Right? You know, if you or have even the, five. Well, but I'm just saying like <laughs> if you have the option, if you have to do it, and you have the option, only put one in. Yeah. The, you know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, it's just, you, you do what you can to lower the risks as much as you can. Exactly. So if I can get vaccinated. Yep. If I wear a mask. Yep. If I maintain six feet of distance. Yep. That's three things that I can do that are not inconvenient to me to lower my chances. Yeah. And that's the bottom line of it. And the thing is, is if everyone done, not even everyone, if 90% of the people did just that, 
Those three things, vaccine, mask, distance, this would go away. I don't know that it would ever go away. It wouldn't be near what it is now. I mean, we saw what happened. We saw the trend line. Yes. When vaccines were happening, when mask mandates were mandatory, when social distancing was something that was mandatory. Right. We saw what happened. Yeah. So it works. That's the bottom line of it. It works. And yes, you're right. It may never go away, but it could be squashed to a point that it's manageable. Right. It could be squashed to flu levels or, uh, you know, another, any other. Yeah. Contagious disease. Ebola. Well, that's a whole different kind of beast, though. But, I mean, we've squashed but, it to the point that it's... Well, it squashes itself, to be yeah. fair. Ebola squashes... It's so rapid and so fatal that it kills people before they can infect anybody else. Wow. So, I mean, I get where you're going, but Ebola is like a little kind of a different case. Yeah. Because uh, it really... If, if the... If it had the two week incubation period, we'd be in big trouble. And well, something too, it's, it's, <laughs> but, like what? You, so you're right, but I've also seen that the response to something like that is yeah, swift, true. coordinated, and there is no gray zone. It right. is this is what we're going to do because yeah. this will stop. And I, and I see people like another thing that bugs me is I like numbers and people start putting numbers and uh, I don't want to lie. <laughs> I see people putting numbers out. Okay. What are you looking for? There it is. Okay. There we go. Okay. So there's people out here that post like, oh, well, there it's only so many fatalities and there's only so many deaths so you know the number that they often point out is that there are only um there I can't, right, right there yeah there are only 600,000 deaths it's this column i think from covid okay and they're like that's no big deal 600,000 deaths boo hoo hoo that's less than whatever point whatever percent of the population okay well you people that love that 600,000 number, let's talk about some of the greatest tragedies, the, the greatest casualty numbers in American history. Let's talk about World War I and the number of soldiers that died in World War I. That was, that was only 0.11% of the population. So you're talking U.S. casualties or, yeah. or total casualties of the whole war? Total U.S. deaths. Okay. From related to okay. fighting. Okay. <clears throat> so that's this number, right? That is. Total U.S. deaths. Yep, that column right there. And, yeah. Right there. Right there. 100. <clears throat> 116,000 deaths as a result of World War One combat. Point one. That's only point one one percent of the United States population. What's the big deal, people? Yeah, less than one percent. Less than one. Just barely. It's like a tenth of a percent of the population. Yeah. You know, World War Two. Okay, that's a bigger number. That's four hundred and five thousand deaths. Yeah. That's only point point three nine percent. Just below point. It's not even half a percent. 
You add those two numbers together, guess what you still don't get? 1%. You still don't get 600,000 deaths yep. combined from World War One and World War Two. Yep, you're right. I mean, that's... And those, and those two are considered some of the greatest sacrifices made by American citizens in period in war. Yeah. yeah. And people go on and on and on about the sacrifices our, our boys made overseas and the number of lives that were lost and how big of a tragedy it was. This is you much add bigger. World War One and World War Two together, and you still don't get how many people have died from COVID, and you still want to act like it's no big deal, and that pisses me off. Yeah. Like, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. <clears throat> That's a lot of people. Yeah, it might be a point whatever percent of the population. I don't care. That's a lot of people that have died. Yep. And you can't turn lives into statistics. What is it? Uh, what was the quote from, like, Stalin, I think? When one person dies, it's a tragedy. When a million die, it's a statistic. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like... Yeah, it's it's insane. It's callous. Yep. You know, it's it's we've had more American citizens die from COVID than have died from World War Two and World War One combined. Yep. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And I'm sick of people playing it off like it's nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> You're absolutely right. And so I'm okay. But let's anyway. just let's just. <laughs> uh, I got another rant coming up. I got to save my energy. Uh, <laughs> so, I know one of the other big things that you're looking forward to this fall. Yeah. Would it be fall? Some end of the summer, fall, whatever around there. Was September? I don't know when it was. Huh. Well, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another thing. Yeah, another thing coming up. Uh, anniversary nine eleven concert. I'm going to a Dead & Company concert on 9-11. Now, are they still with... Uh, John Mayer's still Mayer, there. For, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's still doing their front... The front... Um, he's still playing guitar and doing doing uh, the singing, you know, on quite a few of the numbers. Um, again, I'm expecting any day, any day to hear that that show has been canceled. Is that a indoor it's, or outdoor it's show? It's an outdoor. Um, it's at... Um, Riverbend, Cincinnati. So it's outdoor venue, which helps. They right. do a lot of outdoor venues. As a matter of fact, most of their shows are outdoors. But um, I expect it to be canceled anytime, um, especially with the numbers going up as rapidly as they are. Right. It wasn't this bad when they canceled before. So yeah, I don't. Ex- I don't. I, honestly, I don't expect to get to go to that show, which s- sucks. So I, re- I mean, we, I had tickets to the last one that was in nineteen. No, I bought them in 19 for the 2000 shows. Canceled. No, no, I guess it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I guess it was the 19, 2019 shows. Um, the fall that year, we had tickets, got canceled. 2000, they did nothing. So they finally did a, they're doing a fall tour this year. Because they thought, hey, everything's going to be back to good. And Right. They thought, know. hey, people are going to get the vaccine. And Well, I mean, the trend lines were going in the right direction. Now they're right. not. So. Like I say, I expect that show to be canceled any time, which sucks. And um, yeah. but anyway, if not, I'm going to go see Dead and Company. That's another thing that I've been looking forward to that may get disrupted on right. <laughs> due to this. So I don't know. Theaters. 
indoor yeah. the, the indoor stuff that's the real thing like outdoor stuff i guess i can see where they can adjust and move forward i mean regardless like the show that we're going to like ashley and i have to take our card we have to show our vaccination card before we can get in it's so, required I, okay cool i'm glad you brought that up because i've got a question about that okay i have my card yeah do you have to have the actual card i laminated mine i've got my actual card and i've got it laminated well see i just scanned it on here on my phone right because i don't want to carry like it's bits too big they're big yeah they're pretty good size <laughs> it's too big to like carry with you all the time yeah you're right which begs the question do we need to do what some of the other countries are doing with the vaccine passport thing where it's an app on your phone that shows that you've been vaccinated and it's got a little barcode and they can scan it and to verify it and all That'd that. be cool. I think it would be great. Yeah. My personal thoughts are, but then some people say, oh, that's, that's, that's an intrusion of my privacy. Papers? Uh, Show me your papers. We, we don't need no papers. <clears throat> no, but I'm honestly, I think that would be a great thing for travel, for getting in places. Um, I think France, is it, that has, has instituted a um, mandatory vaccination verification to get into restaurants to get into any kind of like theater shows or th- things like I that. I would say a lot of places are moving um, that way. Uh, yeah, I think that was that's happened in the last couple of three days or something like yeah. that, and they're they're rioting over there now because of it. The you know the the anti vaxxers are, so yeah, so it's yeah that's kind of crazy, but um, I think we're 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 taking our actual card, so I mean okay. I'll just slip them in my you know my pocket and go, right, or backpack or whatever because like I say it's outdoor. Taking the kid to see Dead and Company. Last time she was at the Dead and Company show, she was in Mommy's belly. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. How does she do with stuff like that? Who? Penelope? Pen- yeah, with like the loud. We'll take, um, we're going to get her the little headphones, you know, the, oh, okay. the little muffler headphones. Um, <clears throat> she's never been to like a, a live show. Okay. Um, down here in the studio here, you know, I play music down here quite a bit. And like, She's okay with it unless it gets a little. T- I mean, if it gets loud, she's she'll cover her ears and go out. But I I try not to get too loud. Right on. So, right on. And so yeah. So talking about events and venues and indoor venues, uh, I know earlier before recording we were talking about uh, you were kind of excited about the new Ghostbusters movie that's oh, I'm coming just out. Stoked is what I am. I'm not. Ex- I'm not just excited. I am like beside myself. <laughs> I right can't on. wait, I'm, dude. <laughs> so my problem with anything like that is uh, any time in the past that I've gotten amped up You've been about let anything, down. I've always felt let down. And I don't think it's necess- – I think it's my fault. I don't think it's the 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 the, the item itself. I think it's just me getting too excited – to the point where no matter how good it was, it was never going to be good enough to to warrant my level of excitement. Uh, uh, well, okay, so so there's a few names that simply just because they are here, okay, I am stoked. Okay, all right. Well, number one, uh-huh. Bill Murray. <laughs> right on, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, okay, Sigourney Weaver, uh-huh. Ernie Hudson, uh-huh. Annie Potts. That is your core. That is your core. Okay. okay. So yeah, 
awesome. But why don't I make just a crap load of noise today? Oh my gosh, I keep hitting the table and my, <laughs> my mic boom is making all kinds of racket. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's cool that all those people are there. But, Not to mention, okay, so like the thing is dealing with like the, the grandkids of Egon because, you know, he's passed away and they're they're like, they've inherited the house and da da da. da. So the, right. the kids, mm-hmm. uh, McKenna Grace, um, she's playing Phoebe. I don't and, know who that is, but okay. Um, okay, so McKenna Grace, let me see something, but she's something that she has been in, her big thing. Um, she worked on Gifted, um, she was in The Handmaiden's Tale. Is that the um, redheaded lady? She's a she's a kid, a kid. Oh, actually. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was born in like 2006, so she's a kid. Um, Finn Wolfhard is going to okay. be in it. so you know from Stranger Things. He right. is the other he's he's the other Egon like uh, grandkid. So okay, yeah. I mean, like I say, I'm just so so stoked because it's not a reboot. It's not it it is a sequel to Ghostbusters one and two, which makes me so stoked. So stoked. Okay. So let, let me read you a few more names. Okay. Bill Murray. Yeah. Right. Ernie Hudson. Yes. Sigourney Weaver. Right. Uh, and I know offhand without looking it up, but yeah, Annie Potts. Yep. And what, what's the other Dan guy? Aykroyd. Aykroyd. Yep. Is it AK? AK, A-Y-K-R-O-Y-D. He's playing Ray Stans. Yeah. They're all here. Okay. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Boom. You know what what movie all of those people were in? What? Oh, the the reboot or the... Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, yeah, but the the reboot was so horrendous. It wasn't, though. I thought it was terrible. It wasn't. I could not stand it. But I don't like Jenny... Or is it Jenny McCarthy? Is there not Jenny McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy. I can't stand her. Like, I can't watch her because... like. She but, makes me grit my teeth. But my thing is, I like I watched it, and <sighs> the plot I thought was a little loose. It didn't really track, right? Like some, the plot didn't make a whole lot of sense for the 2016 female cast. But I mean, I don't get the hate for the movie. Like, I think it was because it was so far removed. from from what Ghostbusters was. But it wasn't. It was stupid comedy. I mean, like... You're right. I mean, there was a... there's With Ghostbusters, there is some stupid comedy in it, but it's all, but they, they the way that they approached the original two films was not 100% comedy, because if that were the case, Bill Murray would not have been in it. As a matter of fact, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be in the first one. Like he traded off Ghostbusters, so that way he could make um, where the buffaloes roam. He was like, "I will not be in this movie unless you let me make this other movie, which was the Hunter Thompson movie." And okay, it's where the buffaloes roam is not great, not by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but he was not going to be in it. He like refused. So. They had to, they like the parts that were written. Of course, you know Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd are the two that wrote the movie. Yeah. Um, there is a comedy line through it, but the approach was, it was more serious. And okay. this new, the 2016 was just like 
was too comedy, too goofy. It didn't have that feel like the old one had, you know. So I mean, if they would have, if it would have been a pass the torch type thing or a, I think, I think my only problem with the 2016 female cast, largely female cast, was, uh, I think they missed. I think they got a lot of flack from people that just hated it because it was women. I'm not saying that's See, your, I don't care. I'm not yeah, saying that's your care. case. Yeah, that's but I think a lot of it was just people hating the fact that it was an all-female Ghostbuster crew. Yeah. I think that was a lot of it. To me, the part they missed that, that kind of bothered me was, I get it, it was largely a female-run mm-hmm. enterprise. Um, and I get that it's been the tropes in Hollywood that girls are vapid empty-headed true you know whatever if you watch the original ghostbusters movies right one and two annie potts is not a vapid airhead not even close she gives just as good as she gets yes she does she has got a sharp little tongue on her yeah and i love it yeah it's great and it that what that's what makes her an intrigue that's what makes janine an intriguing character in the film yes they totally screwed the pooch with that yep with Hemsworth yep he was just a dumb he was an airhead he was a dumb airhead muscle guy yep and I get that they're just lashing out at years of that kind of portrayal of women in Hollywood yeah that was definitely a but Ghostbusters missed. didn't do that no not right. even close that's why I said they the, the, the original two had more of a the, the the feel through the whole movie was yes this is tongue in cheek and it's it's kind of funny but at the same time there was a, a level of seriousness through the whole thing they took the characters seriously yeah you know they've developed the characters and they, they the dialogue was good and all of that and the 2016 when I just did not I didn't feel like it was there at all so I'm hoping that this one is going to be as good as the old ones or at least here's my problem okay it's what 30 years it is 30 over years. 30 years yeah from and the I original? don't I do not see Bill Murray Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson doing any ghost chasing I don't see that going to be happening. Well, I mean, but my problem is if they're in the film and and they're supposed to be betraying the same characters. They are. It, this one is supposed to be a passing the torch film. Right. I, f- I just feel like it's going to be very hard for this movie to be accepted by what are now 40 to 50 year old fans yeah. that are nostalgic about a 30 year old movie and no matter what and no matter what they do with this it's not going to you don't think it's going to live up to it well i don't know that it's i don't think think it's going to can (laughs) i don't think no matter what they do i don't think it could live up to nostalgia okay like i think a lot of people want they want it to be 1984 ghostbusters Again, and I can see that. And I think with me I, I is, I feel like the story was never closed. It was the the ending of the story was never told. True. So I'm hoping that that's what this either this is a telling of the end of the story, 
or it passes the torch to a new group that is going to take it and run with it. Um, there's a couple of big things that I, that that whenever I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is this has got potential. And one of those is um, one actor we haven't mentioned so far mm-hmm. is Paul Rudd. He is he is one of those guys in movies that he can thread a needle. He can either do really, really, really great things or he can really, really, really goof it up. And what I've seen thus far, he his character is threading a needle. He's doing well. He's he, uh-huh. OK. But the, the, the most exciting part of this that I think I've seen so far is the director's name. Oh, yeah. Jason Reitman. This uh-huh. is the son of Ivan Reitman. So it's got that. It, it it there's there's continuity, it's it's there. But does he have his dad's? From what from the the shots that I've seen, okay, on the, in the trailers, right. they look good because that's that's important. It too. even it even has that grittiness I of mean, the old films. I mean, look look at uh, Star Wars. Yeah, right. I mean, they already had the stories written. But they changed directors for the second film and screwed everything. Right. Even though the story was already down, the guy helming it and framing it and was completely different. Yeah. And it, yeah. And, you know, to hear, I'm not a fan. I never, I haven't seen any of them. I haven't seen a Star Wars movie since episode six. <laughs> okay. Whatever, you know, the old original trilogy. Right. I saw those three. And that was it. I haven't seen anything since then. Okay. Um, I've seen clips from episode one. Yeah. I haven't seen episode one. I've seen clips from episode one, and that was enough to make me go, yeah, don't want nothing to do with that. Right. And with the uh, emo boy and Ray and whatever, like I just don't care. Yeah. (laughs) But I've heard from people talking that, you know, when they change directors, it just Changes everything. The tone of the movie changed and the 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 through arc of the franchise went off the rails. And they had to bring the original guy back for the third movie and then he had to like try to pull it back. I can see that. And so that that's that's cool if he does have his dad's thought process. Right. If he can frame it that way and tell the story that way. That that would be neat. Yeah. And I mean you've got Ackroyd that, you know, writing. So yeah. that's another piece of continuity there. So, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good about this one. This is cool. one that like, I have not been to the theater since I don't know when I honestly <laughs> could not tell you the last film that I went to see in the theater. I can. Yeah. I actually can. The last movie I saw in theaters was Sonic. I don't even know what that is. The Hedgehog. The little blue hedgehog. Oh, Sonic. Yeah. Sonic. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Penelope is loving Sonic right now. By the way, it's on like Hulu. <laughs> yeah. She's about every other day. She's like, I want to watch that blue guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was another, you know, public flashback. Yeah. Film. But no, I mean, honestly, I, like I say, I don't know what the last film I saw in the theater. So I, this one I am stoked about. because This is one I want to go to the theater and see. So cool. It may have been the last Star Wars film, honestly. The last one with Mark Hamill and episode the, nine. Episode, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. The, I don't know the titles of any of them. So. Yeah, I think it was. I don't know something to do with the 
Oh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Anyway. They had him in the proofing drawer? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and he doubled in size. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah, this is one I'm definitely, definitely, definitely looking forward to. Ghostbusters. Cool. Anything, anything on the horizon that you're, as far as movies go? I mean, I know you've been like super, super, super busy as of late, but. I just, I, there's been nothing in coming out that's grabbed my attention yeah in film uh tv uh the older daughter and i have been watching the umbrella academy i've watched the first season i i've not we just started we, season two i haven't we, watched season episode two yet. one of season two yeah good um i really like klaus I'll, Klaus is probably my he's favorite my, he's character. My favorite. Him and Five. I, I really like both of them. I don't like Five. She knows Five because apparently he's on a Disney show. Ah. Uh, so she knows that actor. Um, uh, he's okay. He's a little flat. Yeah. Like he's always. He's. A, I think he's supposed to be because he's like he's like an old but he's man. Supposed to be Sixty. Yeah, I was gonna say. I tell, like, tell you who the standout for me in that film is, or yeah. in that show, film in that show. Is uh, Hazel the big guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a while. I was like, man, that voice. I know. So Netflix has another show called Mind Hunter. Yeah, and it's about the creation of the behavioral analysis unit in Quantico for the FBI. Oh, cool! And it's it's a uh, fictional representation of the actual historical events of the creation of that unit. I have got to watch that one mind hunter mind hunter. Yeah. I'm going to watch that. And it's, it's, uh, it's really good. And it, it shows how, you know, in the sixties to seventies, they started thinking about, you know, what makes a criminal, what makes a repeat offender? Why do some people repeat? And started looking for the patterns. They started looking for what caused it and all this stuff. And they go, long story short, they start interviewing uh, serial killers. Yeah. And that are on life sentences in prison. And there was a guy, and dude, it is creepy to go on YouTube and look it up. There's a guy that. They actually interview and they had they videotaped all the interviews. And you can see this dude, uh, the actual serial killer. Huge. Dude's like six seven, six eight, something. Massive guy. And they're talking to him. And you can go watch clips from the show where they're sitting down with and it's the same actor that plays Hazel right. in Umbrella Academy. His he, you know, he looks a little different. They've done his hair and like he's got just a mustache, and because uh, they try to make him look as much like the the actual, actual person. Yeah, uh, he does such a good job mimicking the physical motions and the speech patterns and the inflection. Not necessarily the tone of voice. But the guy had like a very stop and start, kind of a melodious 
way that he would say certain things. <laughs> and the actor does just a phenomenal job of mimicking that, that kind of speech pattern. Wow. And that's everything. cool. And it's, yeah, it's really good. And the show is amazing. It's two seasons out so far. And they're at the end of the second season, they start getting into BTK. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they interview a lot of people in the show, like uh, Berkowitz. Yeah. Um, Dahmer. No. Uh, yeah, they, I was going to say he did his interviews right before he was executed. So I don't think they've done 90s. Dahmer. Maybe they did. I know they did Berkowitz because they basically just, they were like, yeah, this guy's full of shit. Yeah. Because uh, he was he was trying to tell them the whole dog told me to do it. Yeah. And they were like, dude, you're full of it. Did they do Manson? Yeah, that was, I was trying to, like, like yeah. I was doing this, trying to think of his name, and I'm like, the <coughs> yeah. Helter Skelter guy, but yeah. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, Manson. And basically the same thing. They yeah. were like, because they're wanting to talk to killers. Right. And he wasn't a killer. Yeah. Like, he was a. He was a charismatic. He was a manipulator. Yeah. He was a con man. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, Manson's nothing. He's not. I mean, he the, the things he did were terrible. But right. for what they wanted to know and the things they were trying to understand of the human mind, it wasn't him. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they want just, the, they want the hands on guy. They want to know, yeah, what's going through your mind when you're strangling somebody to death. Yeah. Or like that dude that Hazel plays. I wish I knew the actor's name, but I don't. Um like he talks about like keeping the bodies in the trunk of his car and like all and like manipulating them again and all this stuff, and it's just it's sick. It's sick stuff. Yeah. But he goes into the, all the detail. And so, yeah. But we've been watching Umbrella Academy. I love him in that show, too. Okay, his name is Cameron Britton. Okay, Cameron Britton, B-R-I-T-T-O-N. He's a great actor. Yeah. I liked him in Umbrella Academy. Um, And he's had a he's had a role so far in season two as well, so. Yeah. I like him. He's he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, his the whole like through the whole first season with him and the donut shop Agnes Agnes no Dolores is it because uh, no Dolores is his partner isn't it oh that's Cha Cha yeah it's no Cha-Cha. Dolores is the dummy Agnes is the donut Agnes shop is the, yeah 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 w- was just phenomenal like every time we would get to those scenes I'd be like. I mean, I I felt, I mean, you literally feel for that character. Yeah. Uh, He makes you, like, he pulls your heartstrings. (laughs) We're watching it, and every time they go to kiss, Kalen's just going, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Great show. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a little, (laughs) I hope it doesn't fall into the heroes. And it probably will. Thing. Like save the cheerleader, save the world. You know, like the yeah. Because season two starts off with the apocalypse happens again, and now they got to stop the apocalypse again, and it's just really apocalypse again. Like you can come up with something else for season two, which I mean I know they're just following the comics, and maybe that's what happened in the comics. I don't know, but anyway. Yeah, I I, we watched the first season. I haven't done done anything with the second season yet, so we we probably will eventually watch it. But I'm definitely going to be looking up Mindhunter. Hunter. Yeah. Uh, not the not the movie. There's a movie called Mindhunter. Yeah, the series, the Netflix series. Yeah, it's a Netflix movie. series. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I got one more thing. I got this rant that I want to get off my chest. You do it. Go for it. Uh, Mike is yours. (laughs) So, you know, we've been talking about Hollywood and all this other stuff and movies and films and entertainment. And there's a big entertainment story going on right now about uh, Scarlett Johansson in a legal battle with Disney. And a friend of mine posted a post on Facebook and he was just kind of mocking the whole thing. Like, really, Scarlett? Boo hoo hoo, you only got $20 million. That must be terrible. How bad? How sad? You you know, you only got $20 million. And to me, I'm putting my own viewpoint on this. And I I hope that's what is actually happening. And from the way her lawyers represented the case, this is what's going on in my mind. Um, it's not about the money. I mean, it is about the money, but it's not about the money. She had a contract with Disney that guaranteed her a certain pay scale based on a standard theatrical release cycle, meaning that the film would release only in theaters. It would not be available for streaming. It would not be available for rental for a certain period of time. Then right. it would become available on other platforms. And, and she would make a little bit off of each one of these things. Well, after She the, would make her money off of box office sales. Right. Box office gross. And that's another way Hollywood screws people is if you look at the Hollywood accountants, there's never been a film made that was profitable ever. No film made has ever made money. Right. Because <clears throat> um, there's been other cases of that in the past as well. The, the people that made uh, Mad Max Fury Road got sued because they claimed that the movie didn't make any money. They lost that lawsuit, by the way. It was right. proved that they made a significant amount of money and were ordered to pay the actor his points off the box office. But anyway, her contract stated that she was to be reimbursed off box office gross uh with a standard theatrical release calendar. Right. Uh, Disney then decided that they were going to release it day and date on their Disney premium platform so that you could sit at home and watch it on there for 30 bucks. Yay, Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I have Disney Plus. I, do I think too, it's great. But-, um, but her contract also stipulated that if Disney changed the release cycle, they would have to renegotiate her contract to include proceeds from alternate revenue streams, meaning Disney plus basically, or if they sold the rights to Netflix or whatever, like they would have to include some of that in her contract. Right. Disney decided that they were going to change it to day and date and they didn't owe her a damn thing. She got paid her 20 million, $20 million. And that's what she got. And she's saying, no, 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 no. My contract specifically states if you change the release, you have to renegotiate my pay structure. And to me, Disney for decades has had enough money. They got more money than God. (laughs) They can go and literally have the laws of the United States of America rewritten to their whims 
And no, I'm not making that up. They've done it multiple times. Let me let me tell you, just hold your thought for a second right there. While I was working for the big box store that's in town here mm-hmm. back years ago, one of those that you're talking about specifically mm-hmm. came through uh, because we were in the middle of um, rewriting copyrights um, specifically for photographs. Right. And uh, because I worked in the photo lab and um, it, w- it used to be that a photograph or a, a photographer's uh, production was copyrighted for 75 years. That right. was typically the life of a individual or a entity. Right. Um, while that was being um, um, hashed out in courts because of a certain mouse. Right. Um copyright became at that point something that lasts effectively forever if you have the money to com- continue to restate and they said the reason they they wanted the law rewritten is they didn't want to deal with the money part because every piece of merchandise or article out there that depicted that mouse's face would have to be audited and they would have to pay royalty specifically for that to be on every piece of merchandise so instead, the law now states that that or they changed it to where basically if it was the if if the mouse was on there and they own copyright to the mouse, they can produce anything they want in any amount that they want without having to pay any kind of a royalty for it. So anyway, yes, they can rewrite those laws. I was part of that. I saw it because yeah. we had to deal with it with the photo lab and photo copyright. Well, I mean, there's been other stuff that way too. Like, uh, I think the copyright laws originally only guaranteed you like 35 years. I was 25, I think, is the original. And then it, it, I think they upped it from 25 to like, it wasn't 50. It was like 25 to like, like say, I think 35. And then it went up to like, but basically, it was like an odd number. It's like 47 years or something like that. And yeah. then, it, then they, 75 was whenever I was working there. But I basically had all of those. Every time that law has been rewritten has been when Disney Disney is about to lose copyright Copyright. of Mickey Mouse. Yep. That's essentially what's every time Disney comes up on the deadline that they're going to lose their copyrights and Mickey Mouse is going to become public domain. They they go to Congress and have the law rewritten to extend copyright laws so that they can keep making money off that imagery. Yep. And no one else is allowed to use it for any purpose. Yep. And... Here is, and so they, it's not just Scarlett Johansson. Disney has been doing this since the 1940s. Yeah. 50s. I mean, they, ha- they have the money to do whatever they want and they get away with it because who can stand up to them? Like, and, and, yeah, what is the guy's name? Tom Hardy, I think, was, or it might have been the female lead in that movie, the, um, Furiosa. I can't remember the actress's name, but I don't know. She's a pretty lady. I just can't remember her name. Anyway, it might have been her or it might have been Tom Hardy. Uh, but one of them sued the production company. Uh, and there's been multiple instances of this throughout the years. It's not just a recent thing. Uh, but basically, anytime an actor actually has the the audacity to stand up and demand payment that they've been promised, they're blackballed. Right. They never work in Hollywood again. And... You know, this was Scarlett's last film with Disney. Her contract was over. They were not going to renew her contract after this. And so now she's like, hey, 
we got a contract that guarantees you're going to maybe pay me on this certain schedule and you're reneging. Right. So let's get the lawyers involved and get me the money that I'm due. And he's like, you know, other people are of the opinion, oh, boo-hoo, only $20 million. And I get it. That's fair. That's a lot of money. That's quite a bit of money, but, but that's not what the contract said. But I'm of the, I mean, I'm of the opinion that, you know, if you, especially if you put it in print, you know, if it's in a contract that's signed by both parties, they should be legally obligated to pay out. Yeah. You know, if that's not the payment structure they wanted, they should have negotiated better. I mean, that's just like, I can't go to my employer and go, oh, well, I mean, I know when you hired me, I agreed to work for X amount of dollars, but I want Y now. So I'm, I'm just kind of glancing over um, some of the, the, the lawsuits that have been brought up, you right. know, specifically from this practice, the, um, the accounting, the Hollywood accounting practice. Mm-hmm. And some of them are crazy. Yeah. Like insane. Um, Stan Lee was involved in one um, over the um, two th- or the, the, the Spider-Man. So it so, says so Stan Lee, creator of the comic character Spider-Man, uh, had a contract that would award him 10% of the net profit of anything based on his character. The film Spider-Man in 2002 made more than $800 million in revenue, but the producers claimed that it did not make any profit as defined in Lee's contract. Lee received nothing. Right. In 2002, he filed a lawsuit against Marvel Comics. The case was settled in January 2005 with Marvel paying him $10 million to finance, to quote, finance past and future payments claimed by Mr. Lee. So, I mean, yeah, it happens across the board. I mean, I'm seeing Fox is doing this. Paramount is doing this. Wingnut Films, even. Uh, New Line Cinema uh, with Pete Jackson's Lord of the Rings and Hobbit stuff. Yeah. Uh, Michael Moore with the Weinsteins, Weinsteins, Harvey and Bob. Um. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's, Warner Brothers. It's rampant. It's not one studio. It is Hollywood. It is across. There's the Disney Corporation. A 270 million lawsuit for uh, to Celador over accounting tricks used to mask profits on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire license franchise. Um. Yeah. yeah. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal. And they get away with it because they've got the money. So it says here, uh, it says this refers to the opaque or quote unquote creative accounting methods used by the film, video, and television industry to budget and record profits for film projects. Expenditures can be inflated to reduce or eliminate the reported profit of the project, thereby reducing the amount which the corporation must pay in taxes and royalties to other profit sharing or other profit sharing agreements, as these are based on the net profit. Hollywood accounting gets its name from its prevalence in the entertainment industry that is in the movie studios of Hollywood at the time when the most studios were located in Hollywood. Those affected can include actors, writers, but also production companies, producers, and investors. Um, Says then a number of cases um, of creative accounting have been successfully pursued in court and resulted in hundreds of millions of dollars in awarded damages. So some people have fought the, the, the industry and won, but again, that's... It, it's a small, small, small number considering how many times this has happened. This is crazy. I have right. never really even, I, I don't guess I never really even thought of this. And I haven't really been following the whole thing with Scarlett Johansson. Um, so I didn't really know anything much about this. But I didn't realize it was so, like, across the board, so um, 
prevalent. Right. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's the fear. <laughs> this, here. Listen to this line. This is crazy. According to Lucasfilm, Return of the Jedi, despite having earned four hundred seventy five million at the box office, against a budget of thirty two point five million, quote, has never gone into profit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at Hollywood oh accounting, there has <laughs> never been a film made that was profitable. Because they can basically inflate everything. Yeah, or deflate whatever they want. They can say that, yeah, and it's 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 insane. So here's the, so it was the director. I'm sorry, it wasn't any of the stars of Fury Road. It was the director. Uh, he had a contract that stated if the final net cost of the production was under $157 million, they would give him a $7 million bonus. Okay. So they inflated the cost of production to eliminate the right the 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 bonus. I can see, I mean I see them doing yeah. this. This 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 um Art Buckwald <laughs> received a settlement from Paramount after his lawsuit Buckwald versus Paramount. The court found Paramount's actions unconscionable, noting that it was impossible to believe that Eddie Murphy's 1988 comedy Coming to America, which grossed $288 million, failed to make a profit, especially since the actual production costs were less than a tenth of that. Paramount settled for 900000 rather than having its accounting methods closely scrutinized. Yeah, My gosh, they know they're, they're, they're thieves! Right. And so, <laughs> they're thieves and bandits. And so the, the person that I was talking to that had posted this article and commented like boohoo, poor Scarjo. Right. Like is involved in, in that <laughs> world. And I'm just like, how can, how, how can you take that yeah, approach? And it's not just actors. I mean, this is directors, producers, producers writers, writers. I mean, you know, <laughs> like any of these people can get screwed over like this and there's nothing you can do about it because if you like, if you are one of these people that complains, I guarantee you... You're blacklisted. George Miller, the director of Fury Road, I guarantee you he's probably never produ- never directed another major Hollywood film since that, since 2017. Right. Um, same way with like Scarlett Johansson. I guarantee you now, she will never make another film for Disney again. And... <sighs> The sad part about that is, with our previous administration, Disney now controls forty percent of all the box office releases in the country. Yep, around yeah. the world, to, I guess. Well, in the country, Bollywood cranks them out. But yeah, I mean, you, you're right. I'm, uh, with all of the subsidiaries and the the other studios that they have acquired and and yeah. own now, yeah. I mean, if it's not a Disney film, it's probably not being made. <laughs> I mean, there's a what you got Paramount and you got Warner Brothers that's out there. Uh, Sony, yeah, but I occasionally, mean, occasionally, very, very Bond, rarely. Yeah, really. Sony has Bond. That's yeah, kind of a, art house stuff and Bond, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, and you got Warner Brothers and Paramount. That's pretty much it, because yeah. Disney owns Pixar and Fox and Disney. Yeah, and yeah. Universal. Universe. Universal. <clears throat> Forgot about Universal. Are they, they owned by Paramount though? I don't know. Probably. I think. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but anyway, regardless, I mean, it's crazy. This is insane. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, that's the, and to me, it's not, 
it's not just uh, it's it's the blatant abuse of power. Yeah, that gets me. They do it because they can get away with it. Yep. Because they can flex and no one can certainly say anything about it. Well, I mean, even if you win your lawsuit, okay, that's great. I hope you can live off that money for the rest of your life because you're never working in this town again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anyone that stands up for themselves basically is done. Yeah. Especially, you know, I hate to say it, but especially women. Yeah. Hollywood chews them up and spits out women like crazy. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair. There's a lot of phenomenal female actors, actresses, whatever. Uh, and just, you know, well, well, you're 30 years old. Get out of here, hag. Yeah. Go home, grandma. It's like, what, man? Like, there's very few, like, what? Helen Judy Dench, Helen Mirren. Yeah. And there's not that many women that you see predominant in Hollywood. No. I mean. No, and the the thing is, is those people that have lasted through the years are typecast now to a point that, I mean, they have they fit a niche. They they're they're in a specific role just about every time they're in a movie. So yeah, true. Yeah, so I don't know. It's not cool, but anyway, that's my rant. It's more about <laughs> it's more about, and it's not just Hollywood. It's anywhere. It's the like, you know, it bleeds over to Congress and the Senate, like. The, the people that make the laws of this country yeah are you know a lot of times it's who's who's making the biggest donation yeah. is that that's, whoever that's, gives them the most money gets a law in their favor yeah you know just corruption it's corruption and abuse of power it yeah it's something I from the ground up yeah something I don't tolerate well it just yeah oh, and you know we try not to be political on our show on our but podcast, I mean, this, and it's not we're trying not, I mean I don't feel like I'm being political but it it makes me want to <laughs> I'm not even saying it's Republicans or it's Democrats I no I'm it's, not saying that either but I'm just saying it's the that, system it's the whole system right that's the thing it's, it is it's the it's from the foundation up yeah <sighs> yeah and yeah it's infuriating yes it is so, lighter notes. <laughs> do we have any lighter notes? Or are uh, notes left? Any no, notes I left? I, I think that's going to do it. Let's just leave it on that. Like, I, you know. Yeah, I think that's about the best the we can do. <laughs> so, to recap, COVID-19 is back on the rise, unfortunately. Get yeah. vaccinated if you can. If you can't, mask up, please. And please stay six feet away. My bubble is six feet. Your bubble should be the same. Yeah. Um. If you have to travel, please do so safely. If you're going out someplace like Disney or Dollywood or Universal Studios or does Six Flags still exist? Not here. Um, any of the amusement parks, Holiday World in Indiana. Holiday if you World, go Santa any Claus of those Land. places, yep, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Santa Claus Indiana. Indiana. Um, if you're going to any of those places, please, 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 please. Or if you go to the beach, yeah, the beach vacations, because I mean. That's what time of year it is. There's only a couple of weeks, or not even a couple of weeks, just a week or so till school's back started. So, um, again, be safe. Try not to spread anything. If it's wet and not yours, don't touch it. So, um, yeah, all of that. Um, Ghostbusters, yay! Ghostbusters, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, we'll. Not I want to see it. I'm not gonna lie. I want to see it. I like the 2016 movie. 
I was not a fan of the 2016 movie. I watched it. I've seen it a couple of times. Just right. wasn't a fan of it. But my only issue, like I said, was the Hemsworth character. Yeah, I, he was completely one-dimensional. Just you know, I've been I have been a super super fan of Ghostbusters since I was a kid. Like Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, those were my my go-to's. Like the way yours was like Princess Bride. Yeah. That those were mine. The and. I, I own the Back to the Future trilogy, but I did not own Ghostbusters. It's being shipped now. It'll be in, in tomorrow. It's, it's what <laughs> nice. it's, so I, I'm I'm getting a copy of Ghostbusters one and two. So yay! I'm ex- I'm excited about sharing that with Penelope. She's watched Ghostbusters one back at Halloween, um, and she was asking for it the other night. And I was like, I, I, I can either rent it for three ninety nine or I can buy it on Amazon for like twelve bucks. So I'm just buying it. Yeah. <laughs> so, any any of that anymore? Honestly, I just buy them digitally. Yeah. Yeah. And of course the 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 lovely lawsuit with Scarjo. We're rooting yeah. for you Scarjo. If you're listening to our podcast, that's awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just yeah. I'm rooting for the underdog. Yeah. Well, I'm let's you know, just root for fairness. Equality. Yeah. Fairness. Yeah. You know, if she violated thing. her contract, you guarantee they bury her. Yep. And they violated the contract. They're not going to get buried. No, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they should have to. They should have to suffer the repercussions of violating the contract. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I you know, if they redid the math, she may have come out making less than twenty million dollars. I guarantee you, if she, if it had been less than twenty million dollars, they would have renegotiated the contract. Yeah, I guarantee it. The reason they didn't renegotiate the contract was because they would have had to pay her more money. Yep. And now they're now they're but they're their public state. That like that's another thing that just yeah. <laughs> you know, her thing is renegotiate the contract to the terms that you stipulated. And their response was, Oh, poor Scarlett. She only we only gave her twenty million dollars. Yeah. She got twenty million dollars. Hey, hey, Joe Bob over there picking the popcorn out of your teeth. She only made twenty million dollars on this movie. Boo hoo. Don't you feel sorry for her? Go going back to your thirty five thousand dollar a year job? Yeah. Like, no, that's not <sighs> It's the whole play us against them, you know? That's what our government does so well here, too, is yeah. keep the people fighting with each other. <laughs> hey, if, if, if the enemy is right in your face, you're not going to notice the fight over there. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, what no. they're stealing over there. So, yeah. anyway. Okay. So, if you want to bitch at us for this content, uh, <laughs> shoot an email to... Oh, my goodness. Two minds podcast at gmail.com. I don't remember any of this stuff, dude. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> if you don't want an email, if you just want to publicly blast us, go over to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash groups slash two minds podcast. Uh, drop us a line and tell us what a couple of airheads we are. <laughs> if, uh, if you don't want to reach out to us at all, that's cool too, I guess. Uh, Oh, you can tweet at us on the tweeter, uh, at Two Minds Podcast. Yeah, yeah, that works too. I um, mean, then there's uh, like I know Podbean has something to do with us. That's like where we like put our. That's our the people stuff I give money to. That's the okay. That's yeah. the one you give money. That's to. That's the say. only one I got to pay for. So and, and I don't know. It's with an N. 
bean no 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 i i was i was I, I still to this day i'm like beam i don't know what pod beam is pod bean so okay. two minds pod bean or two binds um just look for it put it in quotations <laughs> two minds podcast two minds.podbean.com yes um or if you want to look at it for us on spotify you have you can ask for us or like you can put in for like jeremy or Jeremy uh, Hammer or Jason, Jason Claywell, and yeah. you got to put those in quotes yeah. so to find this on that one. So, yeah, yeah. or look us up in your favorite podcatcher. Uh, yeah, we're there too. Yeah, we're in we all ba- the major. We bounce pod- off of all of that. I think. Yeah, we're we should be listed in all the major podcast applications of your so preferred choice. And uh, yeah, y'all have a wonderful one. We'll catch you later. Yeah. So it's been good to sit down and talk again. Yeah, it's awesome. We got to do that conspiracy thing. Though, like, yeah, there's. I've more. already got all mine. I'm really. I, 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 I've dropped the ball, or I would have it done. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs>